Celtic 2, Hibernian nil for anybody uh, anybody interested in tonight's uh, SPL game. Um, I bought the last 20 minutes of the Burkino Fasa Ethiopia game earlier on today. In what was the biggest pitch I have ever seen in my life. The game was played on an airport. It was an absolutely phenomenally large pitch. Um, no idea why. Um, but <laughs> incredible, incredible stuff. Um, Okay, uh, let's crack on. Hopefully everybody's uh, had a chance for a quick refreshment break. Uh, new cup of tea and coffee. Very much on the green tea now. New year, new me. Um, we'll see how long that lasts. Um, such an interesting question. People have sent me uh, messages privately, which is absolutely fine. But let's just um, let's just pick on a couple of people uh, to, to, to come and uh, say a few things. Uh, let's speak to Darren. Hi, Darren. Can you hear us? Hi, how's it going? Mate. Hi, how are you? Are you okay? Yeah. How are you? How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Excellent. Excellent. Darren, what is football to you? I said a competitive game with the aim to win. So it doesn't matter if it's first team or under 10s. Um, the rules of the game is always to score one more, um, then the one more goal than the opposition, and then um, it's a game played at team level, so team is at a higher order than the individuals. Um, okay. Thanks for yeah. that, d d d Alex. Your reaction to, to to Darren's comments there? Uh, rules of the game to score more than one, or the objective of the game, Darren? Objective. Okay, good start. Go to a few more as well. It is a good start. A few more. Yeah, yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Aaron, let's speak uh, to Ben. Hiya, Ben. Good evening, Ryan. Looking good as ever. Thank you, Ben. Very nice of you to say so. That's an amazing comment. Thank you so much, Spencer. It's a question that we've asked ourselves before, but I'll, I'll, I'll ask you now, what, what, what is football? Yeah, it's, a, it's a very philosophical question. Um, mm. Football is, well, Darren, Darren's covered a, a good part of the start of it, but in terms of what goes on in a game of football, it's players taking on information, taking on signals within the game. So we call that communication. And then based on, based on those signals and that game, you start making a decision and then being able to execute that decision within the game. And then obviously being able to repeat that multiple times throughout a game of football. That is football as we know it, as we see on TV. But as we've discussed before, and we had that discussion with Marink, is a young boy having a ball against the wall with no communication and limited decision-making, is that not football? I know it's not the football, it's not what we coach, it's not what we watch, it's not what we deliver, but is that still football? Thank you, Ben. Let's just try and get through a few more uh, before uh, we get Alex's um, uh, uh, talk to that. So thank you, uh, Ben. Um, let's just go and speak uh, to... Uh, where's he gone? Where's he gone? Romy, where are you? Can't see you. Uh, but Romy says in the comments, uh, for me, football is more than just a game. It's part of life. 
uh, where, oh, here we go. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll quickly come back because you've, you've put your hand up. There you go. Oh, hi. I, I almost stole your thunder there, but um, yeah, very briefly, do you want hey. to just uh, verbalise what you think football is? Uh, to me? Yes. Okay, I think uh, football is nothing, just uh, it's a popular sport uh, since the late uh, 19th century. And it's just a, uh, it's just a cumulative global television attractive uh, sport. And uh, that's it. Uh, one might say a similar thing about it, but interesting take. Thank you for thank you for that. I think we've got Romy back now. Here, oh, this is definitely Romy. Well, a great picture, Romy. We like that. Yeah. <laughs> Romy, briefly, what what what's your definition of what football is? Hey guys, I hope you can hear me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, hi, uh, uh, Ryan Spencer. Hi, Alex. Um, thank you for your time today. Um, in my opinion, uh, and I'm going away from the subject of the game, uh, for me, football is uh, is more than just a game. Uh, it's it's um, um, a part of life where we experience lots of different emotions. We experience happiness, sadness, frustration, um, uh, excitement, and these are the kind of feelings players learn through the development how to deal with um, similar situations when they get older, uh, even if they don't make it to a football professional game. But learning this kind of um, um, life skills, it's important. And football offers those all. Brilliant. Excellent. Thank you, Romy. Right, Alex. A few contrasting views there. Uh, what's your reaction to what was said? It's um, <clears throat> it's typical of, of what normally happens when that question is asked. Um, because people think that, that football is, is um, such a subjective, uh, it's all it's about opinions and and it's open to debate and everything and and what what I've learned over the the last few years is that uh, um, it's very important that we as as coaches, uh, I'm assuming the majority of, of people of this audience are, are coaches. Yeah. We as coaches, we we try and be as objective as possible about football because we are trying to improve football. We are trying to improve players that uh, that take part in football. Um, and so we need to be objective. And, and what I've learned over the, the, the recent years is that, is that Raymond on, on the courses that, that you mentioned earlier uh, has really done just an incredible job of uh, defining the philosophy, the philosophy of football. Uh, because philosophy is about what is, what is actual, what is there, what is, what is factual. Um, and so it's important to, to, to look at uh, football as objectively as possible. And we, had, but we, I mean, we had some, we had some great answers. All, all, all the answers were, were nice answers. People's thoughts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, just a question for Ben. He mentioned um, uh, taking information is communication. Is that communication? Is that two way, or is that just one way taking information? 
Are we able? Are they, are yeah, they yeah, yeah. To... Let's get him back. Let's get him back. Let's take fine. I bet him back again. No, it's a, it's a two-way process. Obviously, I have to take the information on, and all, all my players do, and also giving information via whether that be eye contact, body signals, verbal communication, yeah. as well as receiving that at the same time. Yeah, great. I mean, he, he mentioned taking information, which in an individual sport, that's that's perception. So you perceive. Um, in athletics, for example, when you're starting the race, you listen to the starter's gun, and, and that is just, just one way, one way traffic, one way information. Um, in in football, you are also sending information as well, as well as re receiving. So you're receiving information from a player um, that you have already influenced. Um, and so you have you have sent that information. So it's two-way. So we we call that we call that communication. And that communication comes from the football actions that the players are performing. Um, and because there's there's 22 on a field, uh, they are interacting. So an individual player is performing a football action, but there are others around and they are interacting. And within those interactions, there is an exchange of information that happens, which we come back to, which is communication. So if you look at football as it is on the field, you, you switch on the television and there's a game going on, immediately the, the first thing in the hierarchy of football, the first thing that is happening is that the players are communicating uh, verbally, non-verbally. So there is communication. And how do we improve this communication? Well, there are th things that we can, uh, we can put into place like tactics, for example, where we can help the players communicate better with each other uh, and potentially miscommunicate with the uh, with the opposition and obviously that's uh, that's a uh, could be a, a tactic to try and cause miscommunication with, within the opposition so at, at, at the top level there's communication happening and this is what we must improve because it's a team sport uh, so two teams with players that are interacting each other performing these football actions um, from this information, so if Ben's still on, from yep. this information uh, where the players are communicating, what is the next stage? What do the players do then? Make decisions based on based on the information that they're giving or receiving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So from that information that's uh, that's being communicated verbally, non-verbally, um, the players then go ahead and, and make a decision. And once those players have made a decision then they look to do what? Execute that decision. Absolutely, yeah. And so that is a football action. That is a, a football action. And that, as coaches, is what we are trying to improve. I think you mentioned earlier in terms of, so that would be communication. So communicating, deciding, executing. And then if you have those football actions being, being performed more often at a higher frequency, that increases the intensity but you also want it to go for 90 minutes as well. So you're looking to maintain. And that in itself is football fitness. Football at a higher tempo, football for 90 minutes. Um, and that it would be football fitness. So communication, decision-making, executing, and then CDE more frequently and, free, and CDE more often, that is, is football fitness. And it's important that we, we ask that question because obviously as we, as we go on, the, um, You'll be hearing me talking about CD and E, and and if we hadn't created that reference, then then people would be wondering what the heck I'm talking about. Very good, thanks, Ben. Pleasure.
Okay, Alex, so um, in, in your current role, so are there any key attributes that you're looking for in the players that you assign to the under 18s? Or for example, do you have a, a profile for what a right back should look like? Is there any template that you work from for your recruitment department or you as a coach when you're out there scouting? Uh, yes, CDE. <laughs> that's it that's it <laughs> no um it, it's not it's not my responsibility to make the final decision on on these players and um i will tell you now that uh the clubs that i've i've worked for in switzerland don't have that universal football reference in their in their thinking when they're making these decisions so that process is very subjective. It is very based on random arbitrary opinions. So it's a case of, well, for me, this player is this, this, and this, or for me, this player is this. The moment somebody says, for me, it becomes subjective. Um, and, and that's what's great about having these, these references. The, it really guides your thinking. So when you come to making these decisions about players, which is not easy, even with the references, um, it, it can at least guide your thinking a little bit better and to try and make it as close, as close to objective as possible, which, which is impossible because you're still, even though you're using a reference, you are still applying that reference subjectively. So I will apply that reference different, different to uh, uh, Ben, for example, or to Spencer, even though we're using the same reference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but always starting off with communication, which is, is it's difficult when you're looking, um, looking at a player outside a club um, because you don't know the, the team intentions, the, 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 the tactical principles of the team. So you don't know whether a player is aligning their decision making with the team intentions. So the team, for example, might be looking to uh, exploit the space behind the defensive line, for example, but you have this player who is doing really, really well uh, with his own actions, but is dribbling around three players before passing out to the left wing. And you think, okay, that's, that's, that's great. Let's, let's sign him. But he has no intention of aligning his own uh, individual intentions with the team intention so you you've got a you're, you're playing with nine players for example um it might also be a case of you're watching this player just a pop-up that i get who has who has come down from the first team who is not a regular player playing with the under 23s for example so they you they have different tactical principles it might be something like that so it's difficult when you're looking at a player from outside the club um one one way one way of of looking of trying to evaluate whether a player is a good communicator is how often he looks away from the ball um, because that tells you that this player is looking for more information right? like Ben, ben uh, sort of alluded to um, so for example uh, a midfielder that receives a pass from a defender um, in in the in the, the zone one for example the, the low zone this midfielder receives a pass from that defender and but simply makes a one-touch pass backwards when we from the stands as scouts maybe or as a coach are looking and thinking well he's got space and time there he he could have received and played forwards which by definition a forwards pass is 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 better than a, than a backwards pass but because he hasn't looked he hasn't taken on this information he isn't able to make a better decision 
it might have been a great pass to the fullback. He might have just come in and bounced it off to the fullback, and we think, okay, fair, fair enough. But he, there's a lot of space behind him. He hasn't received this information, so he hasn't been able to make uh, uh, a decision based on all the information. Um, so, yeah, how, how he communicates with his football surroundings, like I mentioned, um, what did I say, with the player dribbling, um, that's an indication that his thinking starting point is, um, is with his own individual intentions. It's not with the team intentions. Um, so you could be looking at that in terms of communication. Is this player that I'm looking at, we're looking at, are their intentions in line with, uh, or, or is his thinking starting point with the team at communication level or with D, with his own uh, decision-making? On that, Alex, so you, you have a, a player, for example, that's recruited, goes into your 18s and uh, the player is signed and you get a lot of subjectivity, maybe from the head of recruitment. Uh, I work with a lovely fella uh, in a club where I worked and um, the first thing he used to say to me is, Spen is a lovely size. And I used to say, mate, we're not playing basketball. Uh, and we used to get quite, so how do you, how do you deal with that? With, uh, you know, you say your head of recruitment and you bring in a player in who's very subjective and uh, not being objective. It depends on your status within the club, first and foremost, because um, it depends on your status within the club, because then that will influence how directly you can communicate to this, to this person. Um, I've been in a club where the head of recruitment has indicated that their that the the coaches should be looking first and foremost at the physicality, and kind of like what what you were what you just mentioned in terms of the, the the size of the player or how fast the player is or you know how big the player is etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and I wasn't in I, I was a coach like similar to my role now, um, and it's not really for me to say that I didn't really wasn't in a position where I could spend time with him to try and influence his thinking, which I was in when I first came to Lausanne um, as an assistant, because I spent time, I spent a lot of time with the coach of the under-21s uh, at the time, who's now the, the first team coach actually here at Lausanne. Um, and so over time, because he was a very, um, very subjective thinker, very traditional thinker, and very fixed thinker. So he's got a lot of traditional thoughts, a lot of traditional references, uses traditional language, and is very fixed, uh, very determined, which is, which is good in a way, but when you're fixed, it, it means it's difficult, more difficult for him to uh, move away from those fixed thoughts. Uh, but over time, because I, I was close to him on a regular basis, with, with consistency, with objective objective references but objective language and consistent with that objectivity um i was able to influence because he is hearing and seeing me do things consistently and he begins to ask questions which i'm explaining and then also with me asking him questions about his thinking because i'm objective it's factual and because i i i ask questions in a way that makes him think logically as well it begins to sort of crack the the fixed thoughts that he had before and then you start to plant a seed of of objectivity in 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 the in their brain but this happens over time 
Um, and because I was close to, to this coach. And, and like I said, with, with this with this previous uh, head of recruitment, I wasn't close to this guy. Um, and so I was just rolling my eyes when he was telling the coaches that you've got to be looking for players who are physical as a priority. Nothing about their, their, their game insight or not even, I mean, not even to mention how they communicate, but not even in terms of their game insight, their game intelligence. Um, it, was, it was very frustrating. Yeah, really, really, really interesting. Um, uh, I'm going to ask a question about how you how you marry that up. Um, firstly, just going back to you know the universal football reference, we don't have that problem in the rest of our society. There isn't subjectivity around how to do a triple heart bypasses. There, you don't go from one hospital to the other. Uh, how much of a hindrance is this lack of a universal football reference for the development of? players and, and the game. And then the follow-up question really is what strategies do you think exist to be able to develop the individual um, within the team context therefrom? Yeah. Uh, well, in terms of the, the hindrance for development, um, you, uh, well, let's think, let's, I, I use a reference, a simple reference that I think most people can, can understand is um, uh, is it, is it that one? <laughs> um, no, it's not one. That's for communication. But in, in terms of hindering the development, you're going from club to club where you have you have one club, one coach, one head of academy using uh, objective references, objective languages, uh, which provokes very clear thinking in the brain of the player. Um, and also of, of the staff. And then you imagine if these, these players or coaches go and move to a, another, another club, say, for example, the national team, they're still with the club, but they go to, to be with the national team, where the coach is using very subjective, very arbitrary uh, uh, language based on random, random thoughts. Um, it's going to create a sort of a, a chaos uh, yeah. and a lack of clarity. Um, and in, in order to, to develop, players groups of players staff in order to improve this was exactly the reason why i asked the question that i, I did at, at the, at the yeah. break so that everybody listening would would be at least they would be we would all be on the same page when i give my answers um because it, it creates clarity um there's far more understanding and when you have more far more understanding you can begin the process of of improving mm. uh, and then the question in terms of uh, the strategies you've in place to develop the individual within the team context? Yeah. Um, again, to, to create a, a reference, do, do, we, do we want to develop, um, do we want to play a, in an individual sport or a team sport? Yeah. Uh, um, and obviously that, that's, a, that's an, an obvious, obvious question. So we want to develop better team players or better individual players. Mm -hmm. So again, the, the, it's it's obvious. So using that reference that we've already created, we can see that uh, we want to we want our players performing better football actions. Um, and so if if a football action is is CDE communication communicating deciding executing, uh, what must we ensure that we do to um, uh, as coaches? So this is to everybody. What must we be thinking about doing uh, within our training environment? I don't know if, if, if people want to, to if, if we got time for responses. Or yeah, 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 yeah. 
So if we know that it's a team game, but we want to develop those players, the individuals, um, what must we do in our, in our football environment to make sure that these players are developing the way we want them to develop? Spencer, do you have a stab at that? Well, yeah, over to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think for me, it, you know, communications of the highest order, uh, and we know that. So something that just popped up there, that if we're doing a 4v2, maybe I'll start with my number four or number six in Europe. Uh, maybe, maybe start uh, with a right winger, a centre forward, another midfielder, and build the communication between different players. It could be a right back and a right centre back working together. So what we do in our academy, um, Alex, is that, we put people in their positions. So whether it's a, a passing game, um, we do a rondo with goals, I must add. Um, and then when we're doing the tactical games as well, we're always working on building that communication between the different units, whether it's small-sided or whether it's 11 v 11. And that's how we approach it in our academy. Yeah, so so you, you your way of thinking is that you want your individual uh, or you, you want your players. We'll, the question from Ryan was about the individual. So you want an individual to do X, Y, Z on a Saturday. And so you are designing, which you've, you've mentioned as an example, the 4v2, four, four but it's within the context, I'm, 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 I'm assuming, it's within the context of, of football. So if you want an individual to do X, Y, Z on a, on a Saturday, then you, you're designing a situation where the player is practicing X, Y, Z within the context of, uh, of, a, of a Saturday, of a match day environment. And so that means obviously um, area of pitch specific. So because the, 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 line, yep. the lines on the pitch and the goals, they all provide information uh, for players to, to process. Um, position specific. So if you think of, uh, of a winger who in training is playing as a centre-back for, for some reason, but this, this, this winger who normally plays the wing on a Saturday, he's just been given a, a bib and is told to play. So for some reason, he wants a little bit more of the ball. So he knows he's going to get it off the goalkeeper. So now he's playing as a centre-back. So it has to be player-specific. Um, rules of the game-specific. So if there's offsides on a Saturday, think of the consequences of playing games in training where, where, in training where there's no offsides. Um, and so what what references are you reinforcing in the brain of the players if you don't have offsides in your in your exercises obviously it depends on the area of the pitch because if it's if it's exactly on the halfway line then you can have offsides for both teams but if it's in the corner of of one field because you're working on say the exercises for the right wing or the right back you're only going to have offsides for one team if it's if the part of the field is not over the halfway line if you if you understand what i'm trying to create um, and so that the making sure that all of the training is within the context of the game is is the best starting point. Um, I, I, I some references on the pitch that you mentioned there, Alex. So, for example, at a winger of ours, we will we compact the middle of the pitch and try and force them out wide when defending. So the winger on the opposite side to where the ball is uses the post as a reference of a, a position roughly where they need to be, and I think it's utilising that and. Uh, you know, me personally, I used to lose it five lanes and uh, through the learning from Raymond, well, there's not five lanes on a pitch, is there? So yeah. why do I use them? I don't yeah. anymore. So it's things like that that as coaches we pick up along the way. Um, I hear of a manager, uh, League One club, not, not far from us, and uh, he's not got five lanes, he's developed six lanes. So <laughs> people are even more confused. <clears throat> so but I think it's, yeah. you know, that's really important, you know, for us as our academy and how we coach, it has to reflect the game. 
very important. I remember one, one I was at a club and, and I, I was observing a, a session where the, the intention, because I spoke to the coach afterwards, just asking questions about his, his intentions, his objectives for the session. And he, he mentioned that the, the, the exercise, it was an exercise to break lines and to, to pass to a striker who was getting lots of finishing practice. And it was an exercise where there was a line of four and they were passing amongst themselves. There was a line of, I think, two or three defenders, um, another line of attackers, another line of defenders, and then a striker. But the, the, the striker, the, the forward, was in the box alone. And so they would break these lines of defenders and then they would play to the striker who is alone in the box, completely offside, <laughs> completely offside. And he's, he's finishing a goal and the coaches shout, oh yeah, excellent, good finish, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think, uh, you know, we have one though, we write about uh, goalkeeping or catching. We have some great yeah. discussions with goalkeeping coaches and goalkeepers in terms of what they're doing. Generally, a lot of the training is, uh, is something that doesn't happen in the game. Um, so very important, like I say, has to reflect the game. Yeah, and so again, going back to the question that, that Ryan asked, it, it develops the it develops the, um, the the player in the context of football. Um, but you're and and prior so and so prior to do that to to, to do that, you, you you must ensure that that communication those the the team intentions also are very very clear and consistent. Um, the, the the tactical principles. I think, like you mentioned earlier, Spencer, even if you, you, you're talking about uh, under 10s or a young age where you just have maybe one, one uh, team intention, one when they're, when they're building up, so for example, make the pitch big, and one when they're defending, make the pitch smaller. Just that team intention guides their thinking in order to make better decisions. Um, and, and, and when they're... If, if the communication is consistent, they're able to make those better decisions. And decision-making, Ryan, is obviously, as you, as you know, is at the level of the individual. Um, so the coach is creating a very consistent, um, regular environment in which the a consistent and clear environment, which the players can, can make their decisions. Um, and so that, that would be a, a good sort of reference for how to train individuals. Um, and then, of course, I'm just going to, um, I'm just going to skip ahead, right? If that's okay, and talk a little no, bit about absolutely. coach development. I think it, it links quite nicely to yeah. the, um, that a lot of us have done now. It's part of your own development, Alex. You've uh, also followed the, uh, the FC Evolution pathway with Raymond Vahayan, uh, or maybe a new name to some of the people um, on the webinar tonight, but definitely worth. Uh, Worth looking at. It's fcevolution.com. I'm not getting on a commission for doing that, by the way, but uh, it's worth looking at. So you follow the, the Raymond pathway and you've been on the UEFA Pro license. Uh, you know, what is the learning that, that's really hit home for you and, and you think really accelerated your development as a coach? Um, everything was everything was very, very useful. Everything was very useful. But but yeah, over the last 10 years since I've been uh, educated by Raymond, um, it, it's very clear to me that my my own development has been exponential. It's been rapid. Um, I've I've thought about this uh, when I've been reflecting on courses previously, and in, in terms of you know just how 
like how to answer this kind of question and, and how has it improved me and and I always try and, and or I, I always think of and, and for the people listening as well for them to understand what I'm trying to communicate is for them to imagine um, a reference library and use that as an example so imagine that uh, and, and, and compare this to your brain and, and in my example I'm using my brain so I would think about my brain as a reference library uh, with previously which had books all over the place um, and this was this was my brain before but um, and these books are all over the place but I didn't really know that it, that they were all over the place uh, I was okay with how they were um, uh, and also I didn't have many books in the library in the first place but I thought that I did because like I mentioned earlier with Hauganga I thought that because I'd gone to the FA and I'd completed my A license going progressing eventually doing the pro license and I, I, I unconsciously equated that to knowledge yeah. like a lot of people do um, and so Raymond behind and, and the FCE courses have not only organized my thinking which which is my library um to make it clearer and easier to retrieve certain references like so we imagine you going into the reference to retrieve certain books now my my brain is is a lot clearer a lot uh, a lot easier to retrieve these references but also now i uh, i have far more references in my library so more and better references uh, in my brain and that that's the consequence of the courses i've been on it's such a this is such an interesting topic and hopefully this is an interesting question you know i hear a lot of people that are trying to develop as a football coach and they'll do x course and they'll go oh that was absolutely fantastic and then i'll hear other people that have been influenced by other people such as raymond but other people as well and and that have been on the same course and you know there's, there's there's nothing there for them so you know what, what strategies would you have in place for the people tuning in benchmark and reference what is worthwhile knowledge and what is to be disposed of i know that's a difficult question uh it's more difficult to apply than it is to use as a reference but you you must test you must test if if you go onto a course or you're talking to people or you're talking to a, a, an educator or your coach or or an account you, you must test the knowledge um and, and to try and see if it's as objective as, as, as possible, to see if it's factual and whether it's a situation where you, you're asking questions to find out more from this person, from this mentor or educator, for example, or if it's a coach you go and observe, for example, or if it's something where you can, you can go away and you can research online or you can find some, some books to, to check, to verify whether this knowledge is, is factual um and, and and that is something that i would recommend all all coaches uh to do is to try and be the most knowledgeable coach that you can be uh but then but then try again and in order to to do that there's only one way and that's you've you've always got to be asking questions asking questions to yourself and to others um and never be never be satisfied with with opinions when there are facts to be found Excellent. Um, there's a couple of questions um, from the audience. So um, if it's all right, I'm going uh, uh, to get to those. Um, uh, the first question is from uh, Razik. I hope I've pronounced your, your, your name correctly um, there. And the question is, many teenagers will make impulsive tactical decisions because their brain has not finished 
developing. Uh, how do you, Alex, uh, how can you help in that situation? Great question. Many teenagers will make impulsive tactical decisions. Um, well, we're talking about two things there, tactics and, and decisions. And we, we talked about communication being at the, to at the, at the, at the top of the hierarchy and then decision makings decision makings where where are the questions gone I oh sorry i've just i've just i've just took that i've took that down the, the the question was many teenagers will make impulsive tactical decisions because their brain has not finished developing how can we help in that situation yeah it, again it's it's being very very clear and consistent with the training that you're doing based on the abilities of those players and I, I'm guessing the, the coach has uh, quite a bit of knowledge of these players uh, and is not just making, a, like like he's alluded to, a, an impulsive decision on, on based on this player. Um, but to be very consistent and specific with the training that, that they are doing, uh, to be very clear with those team intentions. Um because once you are once you are consistent with those team intentions, so to, for example, exploiting space behind the the line, or creating plus one in the midfield during the build-up, then the players have more uh, clarity in which to make their decisions and are less likely, no guarantee, but less likely to be make to be sort of uh, making these. Um, negative or um, negative stimulus response because ideally we want the players to be receiving information from the stimulus and responding in a positive way so an impulsive it's important to understand that impulsive is not necessarily a negative thing i think it's clear to to make sure that uh, razik i think is talking about bad decisions um and so yeah like i say be very clear with the team intentions so you have the, the the players are have more chance at making the best decision uh, individually. Good question. Um, uh, the question here names not against it, uh, but they're from Somalia, um, and the question is: Somalia is a developing country. Um, how can coaches be developed? Uh, there's a lack of funding. There's not much support from the Somali uh, government. How can coaches be prepared to to develop? Um, well, not knowing, you know, not knowing anything about uh, Somalia and, and the, the culture over there, but it's very important, like we mentioned earlier, uh, with coaches and, and seeking knowledge. It's very important for coaches to seek the knowledge in the best way that they possibly can. To question that, to always question that, to verify and make sure it's, it's objective knowledge. And now, uh, because this coach is, is online, uh, they have access to a whole world of information, which is a great thing, but it's also could be a negative because there's so much subjectivity out there. It's very important to make sure that the knowledge you are you are looking at, you're studying is is, is factual, it's objective, uh, and then find an environment local to where you are to be able to test that knowledge, to apply that knowledge, to apply those references. Um, and uh, again, we, uh, over there, I, I don't know exactly uh, his ex his um, external factors that he has to deal with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Spencer, uh, it, it's it's very hard for coaches, isn't it, to sort of you know 
choose through what is so much stuff out there in terms of you know coach education about what's good and what's not so good yeah absolutely i think uh, as alex alludes to there's a lot of subjectivity out there uh, a hell of a lot of rubbish uh, as well and uh, you know the website i mentioned earlier from our guest from somalia fcevolution.com there's some great blogs on there from raymond Bahian. i promise i'm not on commission <laughs> yeah. um, they're, they're you know read those because they're factual uh, and it's really important as coaches, we, we try and be as objective as possible to help develop our players. Um, so there are good things. But again, as Alex says, you'll be very careful what we're, we're watching or what we're listening to, because it might not always be fact. And it's based on somebody's own factors, why they coach in a particular way. So there's a lot to take into consideration. The, 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 the first task is, is, to, is to make that question of, of everything, whether it's Pep Guardiola talking, whether it's your mentor talking, whether it's your parents talking, that it, there has to be that process of, of, of asking the question um, about that knowledge to, to yourself. It depends who you're talking to. Um, but just, just because somebody that you have certain preconditioned opinions about, preconditioned thoughts about, um, for example, Pep Guardiola, a top a top level coach, just because he has a certain certain status, doesn't mean that everything that this guy is saying is factual. Um, so it's very important that you question um, you, you question certain things. Very important. Fantastic, um, Spencer. Any final question from yourself? Uh, no, no final questions. I just you know really to thank Alex for giving us your time. I was really interested to hear about your journey in Singapore uh, and what you did in terms of the management and that week's observation as well, which I, I was really uh, intrigued to hear about. And um, I think the first guest, Ryan, we've had uh, I think 13 shows now. We've had a, an objective football action language, so I've really enjoyed that part <laughs> as well. So uh, right on my screen. Okay, well, thank you, Alex. Really good. Yeah, now, Alex, from, from my perspective, I've, I've just tried to, but you know, like three or four key points that I have taken away. I really think this for everybody to reflect on um, this process that you need to go on to influence. Um, it's definitely a mistake I've made in in football clubs, and I think we've probably all made in our lives as well, where you get into something new and your immediate intention is to try and on to that person or that organisation, everything that you're dying to get out of you. Yeah. Um, really the story of many relationships I've had uh, there in a, in a snapshot. Um, uh, but, but I think certainly in a football context, that's absolutely not the right thing to, to do. And we've got to fight against, you know, our society has, you know, contaminated the game. And we do need that time to have a chance to influence in the right way. So I thought that was really profound. I thought that was really interesting. Um, the universal football um, uh, reference. I mean, Spencer, this is something that we're constantly uh, talking about. This is something we need to talk about more as a community. And, you know, I implore you guys listening to try and think about what's been said tonight about that and trying to, to layer, um, uh, you, you know, what, what's been discussed in, in, in your own minds as well. And then, really, you know, as you've touched on there, Spencer, the, you know, the CDE, the tactical principles, um, you know, this is the, this is the, you know, the, the, the building blocks um, of being uh, an effective player developer. Uh, and really just echo Spencer's uh, comments. Alex, really, really appreciate um, uh, your, your time. Really appreciate your knowledge. Um, and uh, yeah, very much, um, very much thank you for your time. Do, do you want to say a few words in terms of what's been discussed tonight? It, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure. I love, I love talking about, about football and, um, 
and to be able to talk to people who uh, who think in a similar way is uh, is always always very uh, always rewarding, uh, and that comes with clarity. And when you're all on the same page, instead of just talking subjectively, it, it it's very refreshing to be able to do that. So it's it's uh, it's my pleasure, and I hope I hope that people have uh, have had some sort of uh, benefit from it. Fantastic, excellent. We won't mention the uh, that you you thought your team had only won five and not seven league titles. This will this will this will all be conveniently conveniently edited out. Started badly and now you're making it end badly. So thanks. Yeah, very embarrassing. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly be looking out um, uh, for, for 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 how um, um uh, how how Larson are getting on the rest of the rest of the season and and certainly you know the, the influence that hopefully we'll have more with more young players. Uh, making um, their debuts there as well. So thank you very, very much again. And I'm sure some of the comments coming through here um, really, really well received. Um, Spencer, do you want to have a, a few words about um, our guest next month? Yeah, absolutely. So next month, Mark Sampson uh, will be joining us on the February Coaches Corner. Mark is the ex-England women's manager, uh, led them to third place, so a semi-final in the World Cup and has recently uh, been at Steam. Oh, very, very... Very slick, that, Ryan. You moved that in very well. Uh, and here's Mark. Um, lots of experience in the women's game, but also the men's game as well. Like Alex, a UEFA Pro license holder and regarded as a very, very highly rated coach. So we look forward to welcoming Mark on the 21st of February. So uh, the invite will be sent out. And it's on now, is it, Ryan? Yeah, I've shared the link um, already yeah. um, in, in the chat box. So um, it'd be absolutely fantastic um, if people can uh, not only come on it, but also share it with your peers as well. Um, that would be much appreciated. Um, as always, this will be converted into a podcast. Um, uh, and, and again, make sure you subscribe into the podcast and sharing where you can. We really do appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Uh, once again, thank you very much, Alex. Um, Thanks, Alex. Uh, really appreciate well. everybody else for tuning in as well. Really, really appreciate it. We've got people from all around the world tonight, which is always a delight for us. Um, and Spencer, just last word to yourself, really. Yeah, it's just been it's been a fantastic evening. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, you know, we've overrun by nearly ten minutes, which is always a good sign. So, uh, you know, we could have gone on for probably a few more hours. Um, I think the questions that we posed to Alex initially as part of the preparation, we've not covered half of them, Ryan. So. Uh, Maybe we get you back on at some stage, Alex. No problem. Maybe I need to make my answers a little bit shorter, but <laughs> <laughs> detail. We'll look at the detail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. really Thanks appreciate so it, everybody. Take care. Thank you. Take care. See you February. Cheers.